Hi, it's Jen the Builder. And Corey. There are two days tomorrow, Corey, that are national days that yes. I feel were made just for us and just, just for, for this podcast. What a wonderful world, yeah. right? And you found them. But before we go there, I want to say this. You have been so amazing in letting me sit back this week and producing our show on Monday and today. Thank you for just letting me participate and you creating the content. Not a problem at all, Jen. You know, the one thing that I, I get joy in is being able to allow you an opportunity to sit back and relax from time to time and not always feel like you have to take the reins and be in control. Now, I do understand that most of the time you want to be in that position, so I would never just forcefully say, give me the reins, I'm ready to try. <laughs> but when I know that you're allowing me to take that that role in that position in the podcast, hey, man, I, I will grab them for you, from you, and take that position. Yeah. Now, we're going to get into these two days that just are okay. created solely for us. <laughs> well, maybe not. Even so, though it's national, it's solely for us. Right. Maybe not solely <laughs> for us, but I just took them very personal. So yeah. the first one is National Look Up at the Sky Day. Hey. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you know our tagline at the end of every show is look up and let's elevate. So anytime there's a, a phrase or a saying that's uh, remotely close to looking up, And elevating, you know, Mm -hmm. we are all over it because that's what we love to do. We like looking up so we can see where we're going and we like to look up so we can see what's in front of us. Not only that, we like to encourage that behavior as well because it's just so many people with their head in the sand. And if that's where you want to be, then that's where you want to be. However, looking up can get you to some safe places and some fun places. And so that's why that's so... um, Important to us to keep on looking up. The second day is National Reach As High As You Can Day. Yes. And so we're talking about achieving. We're talking about succeeding. We're talking about uh, trying to go different places and and going as high as you can, as far as you can. And so we here at Take the Elevator are encouraging and we support you and we want to push you. uh, So, And when I say push, I don't mean physically push you into anything. We, we want to be that support mechanism that allows you the opportunity to grow as much as you possibly can. Did you want to add anything to that, Jen? Um, just that when you are in those sweet spots is what I call them. Just what it does for you. It just builds, you know, who you are, your confidence. It gets you to change your self-talk into from rather that's impossible to hit, it's possible. Very possible. To I can, to I will. To I have. Yes, I can, I will, I have. Absolutely. Love that. So as we move on, we're going to go back into a story that Jen began to tell in our last podcast because I brought it up. And I've been wanting her to share this for quite some time now. Not because I think she's just the bomb, but she is. Mm. And not just because I think she's one of the most inspiring people that I ever met, which she is, but not just because of those things. (laughs) I I wanted to tell it because of these days that are coming up. And not only that, um, Jen has a very unique story that she can tell to a large group of people in the nursing world. um, 
they're they're all connected, and, and especially when you're on a certain coast. So, like here on the West Coast, uh, there's not very many degrees of separation between each nurse, and so somebody that's a nurse knows somebody that knows you. And so the word gets around quite a bit mm-hmm. about who you are in this field and in this industry. So we're going to get back into that story where Jen was in um, nursing school for LVN. And she was told that she could not go a certain route because you had to be an RN. That was in case management. And I just want her to break that down. And I'm going to ask a few questions so that you can get a little bit more granular into her story. Mm-hmm. So the reason, first I want to say that the reason why I went into case management is I've always been intrigued and fulfilled and fed when I worked with people from the start of anything to the end of anything, Mm -hmm. Um, from asking questions to being able to help them out, seeing them again elevate. So case management was something that was in my family. So I got to see my aunt really function in Elaine. In fact, she was one of the first pioneers of case management in a hospital setting. Case management had existed years ago, but now into a hospital setting, um, she was one of the ones who laid the foundation. Absolutely. So I was able to help her with office work. And so I caught glimpses of it. And so, and I listened to her teach it as well. Right. Let so, me pause you for a second. So did you always want to be in, in nursing? And- no, heck no. Because again, <laughs> that's what everyone in my culture became. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I just didn't want to, you know, fit the mold. And honestly, actual care for people I knew was not my gift. I was awkward. My hands function awkward. I've seen nurses and they make it so graceful. To this day, I am not a graceful nurse. And, you know, it probably you could get a camera around me and watch me nurse and it would be funny. It'd probably go viral. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, I went I had gotten laid off from aerospace and that was the thing. I want to give some background wherever I went in as a job. I was always promoted. Yeah. Right. So that was just something that followed me. I always loved to work with people. I ended up training the new people. So here we go into school. I had gotten laid off, went into LVN with the number one priority. The only priority actually was to go into case management just to find out that no LVNs can't do that. So in my mind at that time, I thought case management's on the rise. It's so needed, not just in the hospitals, but in managed care and the, you know, health plan, all that stuff, insurance, it's needed. Right. And you will run out of RN case manager. I promise. Like it just, for me, it was just common sense. No, Jen, I'm sorry to interrupt the story and, and I hope you can keep your place. Can you tell the people that don't know what case management is, what it actually is? Yeah, so there's different types of case management. And so to just keep it very general, this is a licensed professional who works directly with the patients or the members, clients, however your entity calls it. And it, whatever setting they're in for that moment in their care, you're with them throughout the continuum to make sure they're getting the right care at the right time. And hopefully we're seeing the right outcomes because we want to help them get in a better place physically 
or, you know, mentally, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Right. And can you touch on briefly what case management did for the hospital because of the amount of money that was being spent? Oh, yeah. So case management has a utilization management hat as well. So you were able to help the hospital save cost because you were able to say, hey, this this patient doesn't need to be here anymore, could actually go home safely with home health or whatever, or go into a nursing facility. Because as most people know, acute care is more expensive mm-hmm. than, than that type of care. So the focus is outpatient care when possible, inpatient care, of course, if medically necessary. Right. Right. So we go into, so I was in school and I went into a hospital setting. I went into case management and did not get paid well to do that at all. Um, but I was hungry. And that's the thing. I was so passionate to be able to, to learn it and do it. Now, you know, I'm not going to let you just breeze over that part. And I know we're on a timeline here, but uh, let's give a ballpark figure of where the average case manager was making money and where you came in back then as an rn maybe 40 Mm -hmm. 35 40 35 on the very low end yeah um i came in wanting to learn and i got paid was it 15 15 dollars an hour yeah because i was hungry and you yeah and I remember when I told you that and you never not once looked at me like, are you serious? Nope, not once. And and this was traveling from the Inland Empire to L.A. County. Absolutely. To get that experience. So there I would be in the hospital, setting my books down, my notebooks, my color pens, highlighters, and just learning everything, learning everything, attended workshops. And then um, I'm just going to fast track the story because there's some points that I want to hit. And so... um. I started doing things that were presented to the owner of the hospital and the board and it wasn't getting real credit for it. And it, for me, it wasn't about credit, but I've always believed this. And if anyone's listening to me, um, please take this away with you. Whenever someone does good work or has an effort that they're putting out there, recognize them. That's so important to give people credit where credit's due. Yes. And so moving from that, then I went into other areas of case management. And not only did I infiltrate case management in the hospital setting, IPA, MSO, and health plan, and I have a special story to share about the health plan, um, actually started a business. So that was my first real entrepreneurship. I did, you know, little things before that, which led up to this. So I ended up teaching case management to LVNs, RNs, and doctors. Yep. Um, helped place them for jobs, became an agency for case managers. So I was like, again, this was years after someone told me, people told me, oh, you're just an LVN. Yeah. That, that can't be done. Um, again, can it not be done? Or is there a way that this should be done, right? So anyways, there's that. One of my favorite stories with case management is this, is the people along the way. And so Susan Sanchez was one of the people who has been on our podcast, actually. Yeah. Um, and she thought of me everywhere she went because she knew I was hungry. She knew I, wa- I was like there to learn. Working long hours at that time did not 
bother me because I knew I had to do it. And people thought, oh my gosh, you're such a workaholic. But I saw a big picture and I knew what needed to be done to get there, right? So she had um, invited four LVNs at the at a major Medicaid health plan in LA County. And we were the first LVNs there. Every case manager was an RN and we were doing ER diversion. So these are the ER calls after hours. Hey, we have your patient here. Can we admit them? Or what do you want to do? Are they out of area? Are they this? Right. Are they so, that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you listen to all the calls in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. And those were tough. Those were tough. I worked a regular job as a case manager during the day. These calls came at night and you had to answer the phone like you were wide awake and you actually had to be very alert because you're talking about patient care. Mm -hmm. And I remember Susan said, Jen, they're going to scrutinize everything you guys do for six months. It's going to be hardcore. But I believe this is a group that's going to prove to this health plan that LVNs can be case managers. Maybe not of like high risk stuff. I'm, I'm not saying that. RNs don't have their own positions and their own place in case management. I would never take that away from them. Um, but this is during a time when LVNs cannot be case managers, period, right? right? So anyways, long story short, what do you think happened? Of course, in that six months, we went under scrutiny. Everything was questioned about what we did. And we were able to come on um, as the first LVNs for this health plan, which really opened up the doors for other ones. So, right. and And if I can just add this real quick. And them doing that, it allowed some relief for the RNs and and their job titles and, yes. and their workload. So yeah. it, it was um, a essential. Win -win. Yeah, it was a, a win win, and it was essential that this transition happened so that RNs could get a break from the, yeah. the workload that they had going on. I use the word essential because essential was the name of our case management business. Absolutely, essential medical staffing. Right. What is it? Uh, managing one case at a time. Absolutely. That was our, yeah. So then we go on into other things. And, you know, I've, again, always been a trainer. Every, I've loved to teach people. And that followed me as well throughout my career. And again, what brought me passion was working with people, seeing them succeed, seeing them go for more or, you know, achieve at least one goal in life and being able to just be a smidgen part of it. And so we go into that, and today here, um, you know, not, not so fast. <laughs> that was too fast. <laughs> that was a little too fast. Okay, I think because I'm trying to be super humble. Like I don't want this episode to be like, oh my god, Jen just went on and on and on about herself. No, no, no one's thinking that. What I want to ask you is, tell us about the first time after becoming a case manager that you begin to teach others about case management. And how that translated to the, the student that you were teaching. Okay. So if I had to pick some standout moments, this is what really led to the teaching. Not only did I assist someone who taught case management, I also was in charge of any um, denials that we got from the state. I'd have to review the case and see what that nurse was saying, the reasons for denials and learn from it. So then I in turn didn't want to just keep the knowledge for myself. I ended up teaching the other case managers there and the nurses on the floor and the doctors to say, Hey, and again, this is back in the day when you have chest pain 
And we've already ruled out myocardial infarction, ruled out, you know, acute coronary syndrome, whatever. Those should actually be one day only. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, what? You know, one day only? Are you kidding? So I would take the things that we got dinged for, you know, I use that word in parentheses, the things that we didn't get paid for because they were staying in there for too long. There was no longer a medical necessity for them to be there. So took that information, which is utilization review, and then taught that way. Well, as I was co-teaching the case management workshop, I had completely left that part of my career. And some nurses reached out to me because they they wanted to continue to experience my teaching style. Right. And so, Corey, all it was was word of mouth. We didn't do anything on social media. We didn't do websites. Um. We didn't do flyers like for the first three years. It was word of mouth. Yeah. And even to this day, we still have people reaching out about case management workshops. Um, so it, that was just an incredible ride. And I remember when we became an agency, like we've never done this. And so we just did this crazy research, networked and got that set up. But as of today, am I a case manager? No. As of today, I'm doing something that I'm crazy passionate about, and it's in the vein of learning and development. Now I get to go into um, teaching soft skills, right? Really working as a coach, doing all those things. And this is me elevating in my career because I am, I mean, uh, I, I'm able to do what I'm crazy about. You know how good that feels to say that? Absolutely. Like, I, know. I wake up and like, what is my day going to bring? I'm excited. It's Monday. I really am. I mean, I'm not one of those. Oh, God, it's Monday morning. It's like, yes, it's Monday morning. I'm building this team. We're growing together. We're creating. We're passionate about people and their growth and their development and I just think how critical it was that every opportunity, every moment I spent in certain things led up to this point. Right. And so I've just learned the value of time and, and just the importance of effort you put into something. And I've been blessed enough to um, have been able to got this position um, before it called out for certain degrees. Right. Absolutely. So I, I know I'm going to ask a question that everyone's dying to know the answer to. Ah, what is everyone when dying is, to know? When is the first book coming out? Oh, you're wrong for that <laughs> because I've been talking about and okay, so I'm I'm going to share what it's called. It's no surprise. It's called Just an LVN. Right. And it's been sitting there and I have the pieces together. So here's my thing and no excuse. I love talking and to sit down and write. Um, I've learned to do that and it just takes me through an emotional ride. And maybe that's something I need to go through. Cause then I was thinking maybe I should get a writer, you know, that just talks to me and puts this book together for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's going to lead to other projects. I love books. I think they should never, ever go away. And God help us if we have a society where books become extinct or right. no longer important because everyone has so much to share and we really need to take the time to hear those things. Yeah, you know? And I think it's a, a very important 
step to take to write the book because I know that there's a ton of LVNs and a ton of RNs that would support the book, but just because your your journey speaks volumes to the industry mm-hmm. and it's going to be able to help motivate and inspire so many different yeah. people on so many different levels, because although you're not actively working in case management right now, that's a, that's a trade that you will never lose. Right. You will never forget. And you won't ever have to worry about if this falls through, if this happens, if this changes and I need to, I can always go back to this, this trade, this skill that I'm really good at. Right. Right. And I still love, you know, I'm still in healthcare. I think I always will be because I have a love for people who are in healthcare, not just because of the the work that they do in the community and in people's lives and with providers and stuff like that. But there's so much that we need to give back to our essential workers. And they're, I don't think they're getting it at work. I think the push is to, you know, produce, 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 do, 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 do. And I want to be able to get in there and take the time just to build them up and lift them up and say, hey, you matter. And let's work on your growth and development. Like, you know, let's get you so happy and and satisfied at your job because everything else in your life is well balanced. You Absolutely. Know? Jen, thank you so much for this opportunity. I, you know, I don't get an opportunity <laughs> to interview you on a regular basis, but I, I'm glad I had this one. And, and thank you so much for sharing yeah. and sharing so honestly and open heartedly. Really appreciate that. So, you know us here at Take the Elevator. We like to say, look <laughs> up and let's elevate. elevate. Every day